0: When we think of that moment where he cried out and the agony of what he must have been experiencing not just physical pain but also of separation from his father it's something that we can't even imagine but what it, what was it exactly that he cried it's on the screen behind me three words it is finished Three of the best words that you and I could ever hear coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. Three words that mean so much. Let's unpack this meaning. What did it mean when he said, It is finished? In John 19, verse 28, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. And they filled a sponge with uh, the vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus had therefore received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The question is, what was finished? What was finished? It wasn't that he had just finished receiving the vinegar, although that was finished as well. But three things specifically were finished at that moment. The payment for sin had been paid. His righteousness had been applied and the work had been accomplished. And it remains true to this day. What Jesus finished on that day is still finished in this day. And we have our salvation completely resting upon what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. Let's look at at that first one. The payment was paid. The payment has been paid. Well, for there to be a payment, there had to be a debt. The Bible says the debt is our sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us are sinners, And we're not just sinners because Adam sinned. He did get the whole thing going. But we have sinned by our own choice ever since. And we do a pretty good job of that. All have sinned. Well, what is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law, 1 John 3 tells us. Simply breaking God's law, failing to meet the mark of God's standard the law is oftentimes summed up in the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> Most people could name ten sports teams or ten soft drinks or ten sports cars before they could name Ten Commandments, unfortunately. We could just take a couple of them and recognize that we have broken God's law. When you think about uh, just one that says uh, to not bear false witness, to not tell a falsehood, how many of us have done that? When it says uh, that we should not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, people take God's name in vain every day, all day. When they're angry, they say God's name. When they're happy, they say God's name. When they're scared, they say God's name. Uh, It seems that the name of Jesus Christ and the name of God is just an exclamation to be shouted at various times. Text messages with OMG Nobody thinks anything of it, but it's being light with God's name. You see, folks, we sin pretty prolifically, and that was just two commandments. All of us have sinned. We've come short of the glory of God. Jesus wouldn't have had to leave heaven and go through all the suffering that we just heard read and sung about if we had had it all together. No, Jesus came because we were sinners and God loved us so much he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not have would have would have everlasting life all have sinned come short of the glory of God and because of this sin there is the penalty of death Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord the wages of sin is death. That means there is a penalty that must be paid for sin. In the Old Testament, this death was symbolized every time the priest would sacrifice a lamb. Or in some cases, it was a bullock. There were various sacrifices that took place for various sins, but all of it was to demonstrate to the people that they could not get to God on their own. Something must be done for their sin. And they would sacrifice these animals and their blood would be spilt as they looked forward to the day that the Lamb would come, the gift of God, which would provide eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. But this is because of our sin. Yes, we've all sinned, we've all come short, and we all have deserved, earned the penalty for sin, which is death. Not just physical death but also eternal spiritual death. I was just a few hours ago at a viewing for someone who passed away suddenly, and the funeral will be tomorrow morning. We think we have so much time, we think we have so much strength, and we don't know anything. The Lord knows we're in his hand. Death was not God's eternal plan. It was life, but we sinned, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Jesus came and made this payment. He paid it in full. He said, it, it is finished. He took it upon himself, 1 Peter 2.24 says. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He wasn't dying for his sins. He was dying for your sins and my sins. The thieves on either side of him, they recognize this. And What do you do when you recognize a sinless individual? Well, one guy did what a lot of us do. In his insecurity and his anger and jealousy, he mocked and derided Jesus. But the other one, in his humility, cried out and said, you've done nothing wrong. You've done nothing amiss. We have, and indeed justly, we're dying justly for our sins, but you've done nothing amiss. And he turns to the Lord and said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He bare our sins in his own body on the tree. He shed his blood. And 1 John 1, 7 says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's no sin too great. There's no sinner that Jesus does not have the power to save. His blood is sufficient and his blood is the only way to wash a sinner clean see god's standard is perfect holiness none of us can meet that standard because of our sin we have fallen short we saw that already we're not perfect and so therefore we needed to be made clean we needed our payment to be paid Jesus said, it is finished. Imagine that you owed someone a million dollars. I don't know about you, but I couldn't pay a debt like that. Someone hears about that debt and they come up to you and they say, hey, here's a check for a million dollars paid in full. Your debt has been paid. It's finished. What do you do with something like that? Do you leave it there? No, I hope you take it to the bank. I hope you cash it so you can take care of that debt, so you can move forward in freedom. The debt has been paid. You wouldn't say, well, hey, let me add something to it. I want to pay a little bit of this myself. Well, hey, I'll I'll, I'll work this off and pay you back. No, you just take the gift, the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Lord. The payment's been paid, but secondly, His righteousness has been applied. His righteousness has been applied. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. What does this mean? He's the end of the law for righteousness. He's the fulfillment of the law. And he's the only one who could keep the law. He's the only one who has true righteousness. And he'll give that righteousness to every one of us that believe. Going back to that analogy, the millionaire writes you a check for a million dollars. You go get out of debt. And you you celebrate, but how much money do you have? Zero. You're back to zero. Well, what if that same millionaire comes back and says, here's another million dollars. Now start living. Well, now you can really celebrate, right? Well, in a sense, and so much more, that's what Jesus did. Not only did he take away our sin through his death, through his shed blood, But he didn't stop there. He gives us his righteousness because it's not enough for him just to forgive our our sin. We're still fallen individuals. We need his righteousness to be able to meet God's standard of perfect holiness. Nobody stands before God on their own merit. Nobody stands before God one day and says, I made it! No. Jesus has to do it. The Bible says... But we all are as an unclean thing, Isaiah 64, 6. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. What is it saying there? It's saying our righteousness, the things that we would see as good works, righteous deeds, in God's sight are filthy rags. That's why you need His Righteousness. Now I know sometimes that can be a little offensive because a lot of people take a lot of pride in their good works. I helped the poor. I made this discovery. I've helped humanity. I volunteered. I did all kinds of good things, and I'm glad that you have. But none of that counts as righteousness because it all came through sinful hands. We live on a dirt road. We have a dirt driveway. And this time of year, we have mud. My dog likes to lay in a mud puddle in my driveway. And sometimes my kids have found their way into that mud puddle. My wife, when the weather gets nice, she likes to hang out the laundry. And uh, we just prefer that. Saves on electricity and it just feels good and smells good and so forth. The kids help with that. The kids hang out the laundry. You can see where this is going. If My wife said to one of my kids, I want you to fold, I want you to hang up the whites before you come in for dinner. But they got sidetracked and got into that mud puddle with the dog. This could be a bad situation. The dinner bell gets rung, and we do actually have a dinner bell at our house. And oh no, it's time to eat. And I haven't hung out the laundry before dinner. And so here goes. Little muddy barber kid, or as, like, as we like to say, barbarians. Little barbarian gets out of the mud, runs to that white laundry, scoops it up against his chest or her chest or whoever. Over the line, hanging them all up, smoothing them all out, everything is flapping in the breeze. Run over to the hose, shh, wash up inside dinner time. Is mom going to be satisfied? I don't think so. No, she's going to say, What in the world were you thinking? Mom, I did it. You said get it done before dinner. I had them all done, two clips, just like you showed me. I smoothed out the wrinkles. Never mind, my hands were filthy. Uh, I smoothed out the wrinkles and everything is just like you like. What's the problem? It was a good work, but it came through filthy hands. And so it is with all of our righteousness. There's not any good that we can do because it comes through a a tarnished heart, a tarnished mind, a a sinful body. And so again, we need his righteousness, folks. And when he said, it is finished, His righteousness, the righteousness of Christ was made available to be applied to everyone that would believe. But thirdly, he said, when he said it is finished, I believe it just simply means the whole work has been accomplished. It's all been accomplished. It's the finished work. Folks, we call it the finished work for a reason. Hebrews 12, 2 says, "...looking unto Jesus." the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, when I think of that verse, I cannot imagine having joy as he thought about enduring the cross and despising the shame on his way to the right hand of the throne of God. The only thing i can liken it to is my wife when she has brought five kids into this world and for the joy of seeing that little baby she endures the pain of child birth and sometimes boy oh boy that can get a little testy but what a blessing to see that baby and the joy that is there and jesus recognize what he was doing was birthing individuals into his family. We call it the new birth because of John chapter three, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus went through the pains necessary for you to be born again. I want you to notice something so important from Hebrews 12 too. It says we look to Jesus and then what does it say about who He is. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. You're not the author of your faith, friend. You're not the, be- the beginner or the finisher of your faith. It's Jesus who, 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 who saves you from start to finish. And He is just the one that we're looking to And as we put our faith in Christ, we are in His hand. No man can take us out of His hand. He's one with the Father, and He's got a grip on His sons and daughters. The work has been accomplished. In other words, you don't have to work for this friend. He already did the work. It's a finished work. It's done. He's the author. He's the finisher. It's done. You simply must believe. You receive and believe what he has already completed. Abraham did this. Romans four twenty says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. It was the fact that he was depending on what God had promised him. Let me tell you what salvation is, friend. It's not your performance. It's his performance. It's not your works. It's his finished work. You see the word perform in that verse, but it's not talking about what you perform. All we've performed is sin and righteousness that looks like sin. But Jesus, He went to the cross. He made a promise. Whosoever will come to me, I will know no wise cast out. And what He promises, He is able to perform. Hebrews eleven eleven talks about Sarah. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why? Because she judged Him faithful who had promised. You know what? That encourages me. I want to be faithful, but I'm not always. I want to be strong in faith like Abraham, but I'm not always. I want to keep every one of my promises, but I don't always. I want to really perform, but I oftentimes underperform. But as Abraham and as Sarah... I'm looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher, the one who promises, the one who enables, the one who saves, the one who performs, the one who does it all, the one who is faithful. I said once to my neighbor, I asked him once, I said, are you sure when you die you'll go to heaven? He says, no one can be sure of that. And I said, well, friend, I'm sure. And he looked at me and he said, how arrogant. Is I see you going to church every Sunday. You're pretty faithful, but you can't, no, no one's that good. How arrogant. I said, hang on, hang on. I never said I was faithful. I never said I was perfect. But let me tell you about Jesus. I began to talk about him, what he did, how he did it, his promises, and that it's all about him. And my neighbor that day, his eyes got big as he realized it's him. It's Jesus. He does the work. He's the one who promises and I need to trust the promiser. He's the one who's faithful. He got saved that day. He put his wiffle ball down. Yes, he was out in his yard with a wiffle ball and a golf club. He put his wiffle ball down, put his golf club down and we got down on our knees and he got saved that day. Hebrews ten nine talks about this work being accomplished and I'll be done. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. By the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Folks, he doesn't need to be sacrificed again and again and again. Again. We're not handing out sacrifices or sacraments or anything. There is a one sacrifice made for sin, it's been done, it's finished. And every high pri- and every priest standeth daily ministering and off- an offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice. Four sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. Folks, you don't sit down until the work is done. And when Jesus had done everything that needed to be accomplished to secure your soul's salvation and mine, he sat down. Why? Because it is finished. Have you depended upon the finished work Of Jesus Christ. We're going to bow for prayer and then we'll continue with a couple of more songs before we conclude. Let's bow for prayer just for a moment. Lord, thank you for the finished work. Lord, I'm so glad I'm not having to finish something that you began. Trying to live up to your perfect righteousness, I can't. But you can and you did, and you are in me. I pray for each one here, Lord, that they would look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. I pray if there's one here, Lord, that is trusting in their own works, that you would convict them of their need to repent of their sin, repent of their empty works, their self-righteousness, and recognize that Jesus Christ did not come For the righteous, he came for sinners to be called to repentance. Lord, bring any here that don't know you as Savior. Bring them to yourself, I pray. With heads still bowed and eyes to close, I want to ask a question. I want to be able to better pray for you. This is the most important thing. As I looked into the casket this afternoon of that man who is now with the Lord, I thought to myself, I'm so glad he's with Jesus. i've done a lot of funerals and i haven't always been able to to think that folks you can know you can be prepared these things have written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life john uh, john said so somebody who'd say preacher pray for me here's my hand pray for me i'm not sure that i have eternal life i'm not sure that i have received his finished work here's my hand pray for me just slip it up no one's looking but me i'd like to pray for you i'd love to talk to you afterwards so someone who'd say pray for me preacher here's my hand Pray for me. I'm not sure that if I die right now, I have eternal life. Pray for me. All right. I see you want anyone else. I want to talk. If any of you have a question about this, I want to talk to you. If we don't have time tonight, I'd love to set up an appointment to talk to you more. I'll be in the lobby afterwards and, and shaking hands, and I hope that we can talk about your soul and how you can know for sure that Jesus is your Savior. Lord, I pray for this one and maybe others that I didn't see that raised the hand indicating the need of their heart to make this matter certain. I pray that you would draw each one to yourself in saving faith that needs you tonight. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.